What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to our Rangers podcast. I'm Kevin Sherrington. There's truth in advertising in this intro because Evan Grant is finally with us for, for a podcast. Boy, no kidding. That's Barry Horn. I'm Barry Horn. I and from I Arizona at the GM meetings, at no expense, we're bringing you Evan Grant. Evan? Hello. Evan, should the GM meetings be in Detroit? Oh, my oh gosh. I just wanted to get that out oh of the way. He, did, I, he was waiting all morning to use that line. Holy cow. Oh, God. Here's the thing. You don't have to be here when he does it. Do you, you want me to reach over and slap him on the forehead? Yeah, please. That would have been good stuff for the Facebook Live uh, broadcast, which, by the way, yeah. we've gotten so far, I think, 6.5 million views on that. Unbelievable. And next time, maybe you can keep your shirt on. Yeah, that's what that's what it was. Evan, in the in the Dallas Morning News today, in today's Dallas Morning News, Monday, you, you Monday, you wrote a column saying that it's time for the Rangers to trade Jerks and Profar if they want to get a pitcher through trades. Uh, is there any update on that? Can you tell us that they are trading Profar? Well, uh, I haven't seen anybody from the Rangers actually on campus here yet at the beautiful Omni Resort in Scottsdale. But I think it's it's the thing they've got to entertain because, as, as I tried to point out, there's there's not a lot of value uh, that they could deal without either hampering this club's chances to win in 2017 or without completely um, stripping down the minor league system. And I, I, I really don't even think that if they tried to throw prospects at people Right now, I just don't know that they've got the prospects to get a deal done. It's a thin free agent market. The Rangers need one, really two starting pitchers uh, at this point. And the best way to go about that is to offer a guy who still has some value, even though it's dropped a little bit from where it was two years ago when he was the best prospect in baseball. But he's still the guy who would potentially bring you a, a pitcher in return. What what quality pitcher would would he bring in return? What type of pitcher? You don't have to, you know, not names, but what kind of pitcher could he bring? Or if you have well, a name, let us have it. The, the names I threw out there in, in the column, Barry, were, were Taiwan Walker and, and uh, James Paxton from Seattle, two guys who have enormous upside but who have not uh, fully reached their potential yet, and, and Jared Cosart from San Diego. Um, and in both cases, I think there's, there's reason to think that, that – those conversations will be held. One, um, Seattle's manager, Scott Service, is, is very familiar with Jerkson, um, was the Rangers' director of player development when, when Profar was ascending to the ranks of the number one prospect in, in baseball. 
uh, and San Diego's GM, as everybody knows, is, is A.J. Preller, uh, who was instrumental in signing Profar and who touted him very highly. Uh, the second factor in both of those is that if you go back and look at, at war ratings um, for the position of shortstop, San Diego and Seattle ranked uh, 29th and 30th in, in Major League Baseball. So both those teams have a need for shortstop. Both those teams may have a little bit of pitch, controllable pitching that they could potentially part with. And uh, those are conversations that I think have got to be fully uh, investigated. But if you're the Rangers, wouldn't you hate to send Profar to Seattle and watch him become the shortstop you always thought he was going to be? Well, if you're the Mariners, wouldn't you hate to send Taiwan Walker to the Rangers and watch him become top half of the pitch, the top half of the rotation kind of pitcher that he's always been projected to be? So, I, I will say there's, there's the, a risk on both sides. Not, Walker really pitched well at the end of the season, uh, as I he recall. Uh, and he did. He finished strong. Yeah, it would be hard to give up on him. Ju- I would ju- think. Just tell us. Uh, uh, you know, you mentioned the names, and I read. I read. I did read your column. But what he kind of really what kind it. of pitchers? I'm reading it right now. Yeah. What kind of pitchers are Walker and Paxton? Just you know, just tell are they fastball pitchers? Control? What are they? Walker's a, a power pitcher. I asked Evan. Well, okay, go ahead. Both Walker and Paxton are power pitchers, and and Cosart was Cosart had a 94 mile an hour fastball, had a bout bout of vertigo, um, I believe in 15. And his his fastball is it had had diminished a little bit, but I think it's it, it's kind of on the way back up. Um, these are all you know these are all big arm guys, and they're all what's most important is they're controllable guys who still have who still have some upside that can be reached. And and this is a club right now. The Rangers are a club that don't have a whole lot of attractive minor league options to. Uh, to plug into the rotation, I, I don't think that this team should give up on Chichi Gonzalez by any stretch, but he took a step backwards last year, and and the other guy who was going to be on the brink of being ready to help the rotation was was Luis Ortiz, but he was used in the in the Jonathan Lucroy deal. So if you take Colby Lewis, who's now a free agent, and Derek Holland out of the mix, and and I expect that that if the Rangers don't trade Derek Holland in what amounts to a salary dump at some point in time today his option will not be picked up and he'll be made a free agent uh they have got to find they've got to find some guys to plug in there uh, I, I think you can the, the 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 top of the free agent market is thin i, I don't i don't see this team giving a long-term deal to somebody like rich hill or, or doug fister but but i do think that there may be some late late signings that, that could be serviceable pitchers. In, but I think what the Rangers most need is somebody capable of, of pitching in the number three spot. In the perfect Ranger world, which pitcher would you want of the three you mentioned? Um, I, I think Walker is, is still the, the sexiest name. Um, but I, I would, when, you know, when Paxton's been healthy, he, his fastball is, is among the best left-handed fastballs in all of baseball. Um, Cosart was on the way to a, to a really good to to uh, really establish himself himself when he had the when he had the vertigo. So I, I think that again, these are guys you know just like Profar. And the thing with Profar is, even though he's only 23 years old, he's he's now got almost four years of service time. You're not going to have him uh, for for five or six years. And you know the the Rangers the Rangers may need to use that that asset to do what they can to, to 
to round out this club because here, their biggest need is starting pitching. Here's here's the issue for me. I, I know because teams fans watch the the Cubs in the World Series and, and they see what um, what they did there with Javier Baez, who who was kind of a super utility guy until he settled in at, at second base. And, and, right. then, and then they watched uh, what our, our old uh, DBU friend uh, did in left field uh, this year. And he was uh, had played with, with Joe Madden in Tampa Bay, and he has made a career of being a super utility it's player. Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist as well. Uh, but we – and, and so people want to think that, that Jerickson Profar is going to do that. The first thing you got to have is a guy willing to do it. And even though Jerickson has done it, he is on record saying, I'm a shortstop. He wants to play shortstop. And I, I believe that it's difficult for, or at least it was difficult for Jeff Bannister to get Jerickson on the field four days a week, four games a week. And, and I don't know how much of that was just his inability to get that to work or if he felt like that Jerickson simply um, – would rather be a shortstop and is not as willing. Not not that he wouldn't do it; he would do it, but his heart wasn't in it. Well, I, I, I certainly think that that comment during the year, the uh, "I want to play shortstop next year," I, I think that that um, made it pretty clear to people that his his number one goal was to play shortstop. Um, I, I and the super utility role is. It, it it takes a special kind of guy because you have to fully invest in four or five different positions, and it's it's hard for guys. You sure, know I mean it, 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 it's hard to to apply that to whatever your position is that day. Um, and, and so I do think that that yeah, maybe maybe as much as we've seen from Jerkson Profar and as quickly as he adapted to first base and going back out to the outfield this year. As much as we've seen, I don't know that he's fully committed to saying I will be a super utility guy. And I, I also don't think that you, you know, you have a number one prospect uh, that you that you say, okay, he's going to be a super utility guy. That guy you expect to play a regular position every day. True. All right, Evan, we're going to go around the horn here. Wait, can, can I ask one a, a quick question? Oh my God! Please, go no, ahead. no. It's a serious question. Okay, go ahead. What if one of those teams, and I know you think this will never happen, what if they say, we don't want Profar, we want Elvis? Elvis. Uh, would you make the trade? Yeah, I'd make the trade, but it'll never happen. Nobody's right. going to want to take on another four years of $15 million a year. It's another five years, isn't it? Through 2022, isn't that it? Uh, that sounds, that may be right. Yeah. The point was... Long-term commitment there. Yeah, a long time. All right. Uh, now, uh, Kevin, thank you very much. Let's go around the horn. I want you to say your prediction. Are you, you going to walk around me now? No. No, okay. that would take forever. Uh, it, our prediction now is starting at, at opening day 2017. Who's going to be playing each position? We're starting at first base. Who's your first baseman? First base, opening day 2017, Mike Napoli. Mike Napoli, going back for Napoli. You know, it did not did not hit very well in the postseason. You know, I, I love Nap. Uh, did not. I think he was worn out. Don't you? Uh, I think that's entirely possible. Yeah. Second base, we're going to have Odor. Short Odor. Short stop. You still got Elvis. Elvis Andrus. Third base, you still got Beltre. Correct. So, and catching Jonathan Lacroix. That was the Correct. easy. That was the easy part. Of going that was the easy part. Heart. Now, now we're going to the outfield. Left field. Who's your left fielder? No more Mazar. All right. I'm going to go to right field now. Who's your right fielder? Shinsu Chu. It's a healthy Shinsu Chu. All right. So that means center field is going to be? Gomez. Carlos Gomez. 
Carlos Gomez. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's. I think the man. I, 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 Go ahead. The issue on, on, on Carlos Gomez versus Ian, Ian Desmond is not that the Rangers would rather have one over the other. I think both guys really performed well for the team. I think that both guys left the Rangers with very favorable impressions. But I think that Gomez right now is in the same position that Desmond was a year ago where he kind of had to take a one-year deal and reinvent himself. And and I think for, for what the Rangers would like to do this winter, you know, or what they need to do, which is address pitching and, and potentially try and sign Darvish long-term to a long-term extension, then it, you have to find a few a few bargains. And I think Gomez is going to be willing to or have to take a one-year deal worth very much similar to what he paid, what he was paid last year in the $9 million range. And, and I think that Desmond is going to be able to command a four- or five-year deal, you know, in excess of, of fourteen or fifteen million dollars, I, I wanted to be surprised by that, though. You know, you just never can tell. I, I would, I would have thought that's what it was. I would have thought certainly at, at the half or at the at the all all star break that uh, that Desmond was going to get a, a you know a five year deal for you know eighty five million. I mean, it was right. gonna, it was going to be big uh, what he was going right. to get, and then he just really he, he he looked more the second half like the player he had been last he, year. He was the player that. You probably thought the Rangers were getting pretty much, yeah, wow. yeah, absolutely. You know, a really good guy, uh, and, and, but I think that's the thing that I know that John loves him, and John loves his makeup. John, I asked him about this earlier in the season, and he said that you know that they, that their scouts and their people were saying that you know this guy a long time ago when he was not well not a long time but four or five years ago this guy was a budding Derek Jeter. You know, he's not only a right. great talent but a guy who's great in the clubhouse and his teammates love him and all of that. And I, I know that those are things he has going for him, but it just seems to me that he gets in these funks where he pulls off the ball and will not go the opposite way, and it's just hard for him to get out of those. Uh, and, and I don't know that Carlos Gomez is going to be any big improvement. You know, we saw what happened to him in Houston, and he was not nearly the same player he had been before. Um, and, and, you know, he, he did seem to really correct some things, and he looked much better. But that was a very small sample size, and how, who knows how that translates you know, to 145 games, 150 games playing center field. It was a it was a five week sample size, and certainly there are there is there's risk involved with Carlos Gomez. I do think that there are a couple of things that um, that play to Carlos Gomez's um, to his strengths. He has historically been among the best defensive center fielders in, in the major leagues, um, and is as good a move as Desmond made to center field and did on the fly, he was still among the lower third in Major League center fielders in terms of defense. He played very deep, um, and, and he did have some some issues there. Uh, secondly, I, I think that Carlos Gomez in Houston uh, felt like having been having been made a uh, a trade deadline acquisition and, and the most experienced guy on that team felt like he had to be kind of at the center of everything, that he had to take on the team leader aspects and, and all of that. And I don't think that that really uh, – I, I think that burden can be too much for some guys. In Texas, he was just able to fit in, and, and you know, it was Adrian's team. It was it, Carlos Beltran came over with him. Carlos Beltran had a big deal, had a, had a big influence in the clubhouse. There were other guys there. Is, 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 he, back, is he back on your roster? Who's that? Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran. 
Uh, I I think the Rangers would be open to it. I do think that that the the question is going to come down to, you know, do you go out and you uh, do you try and bring Carlos Beltran back, or do you have more need for Mike Napoli? I don't think you can go out and you get can't both have those both guys no. because right because they're both basically DHs, and you'd be forcing Napoli into a into the first base situation. So he's become a pretty good defensive first baseman, and that's I think that's why. You know, you can set up an outfield situation with two, whoever's your center fielder and Mazzara. I, it, it's harder for me to envision the Rangers with a real um, capable first base situation if they don't get out and get somebody. Joey Gallo is going to be a big question mark going into spring I, training. I, I, I was going to I was going to bring his name up because we you went around you went around the horn. His name wasn't mentioned. Well, you you well, read, you written earlier that he was that uh, that the GM dropped a hint the other day that perhaps he needs to spend a whole another year in the minor leagues. Well, he, I think he, he dropped a hint that he needs to start the season in the minor leagues, and I think the Rangers are trying to challenge him. I think the Rangers really want to see Joey. Um, I feel like they. I, I I get the impression that they feel like he has uh, not plateaued, but that, that he's gotten a little bit complacent with who he is, and I think they want to see. The competitive nature come out in him again, and so uh, those are the things that they that they've indicated is that hey, in a perfect world, he gets some more time in the minor league, um, and I think that there's as much message behind that as there is you know practical application. But the thing, he, his swing was in a bad bad spot at the end of this year. He went to Venezuela, was going to play down there for about five weeks, hopped his hamstring three games in. And, and so the winter has now become a waste as well. So he's going to have some catching up to do next spring. And, and I really think that if the Rangers don't go out and get somebody, then Ryan Rua and if Profar is still here, that may be your first base platoon going into the season. All right, so what's going to be the rotation opening day? Um, well, can I just give you an opening day starter? Oh, no, that's a cop-out. You know, that, that's going to be uh, – you know what? I think that's going to be Darvish, don't you think? Um, I think it depends. If they sign Darvish to a long-term extension, I'll bet you it's Darvish. If they don't – I think that, that, that's one of the reasons why they would want to do it is to say, hey, we're going to send you all the bouquets we can. You're our opening day starter. Yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be Darvish, and then it'll be Hamels, and then who's the number three? Well, if they don't go out and get anybody, it's Perez. And, and Martin, by throwing 198 innings last year um, or this past season, really did take a step forward. But he also wasn't a guy that the Rangers went to in, in their three-game series in Toronto, and he wouldn't have pitched uh, game four. I think that would have been Hamels if the Rangers had extended that series. So I, I think that they look at him as a, a number four in a championship rotation. Um, and I think that, that that leaves you trying to find a number three. Now, is that guy – if you went out and acquired Taiwan Walker or James Paxton or Jared Cosart, would you put them at number three ahead of Martin Perez to start the year? I don't know if I would or not. But you'd have Perez and one of those guys at the three and four spots. And in the five spot, I don't put it past the Rangers to bring back Colby Lewis yet again and, yeah. and see what they can get out of him. And, and I would think that they'd hope that – Perfect world, they'd be able to get uh, two or three months out of him again, and then uh, Chi-Chi would have made some real advancements at the minor league level and be ready to, to come in and pitch at the big leagues. Well, Evan, uh, I have some sad news. Kevin has to leave us. I got to go. 
I got to go to a TV show, but I want you and Barry to keep talking baseball while I leave, okay? No, because Barry's going to make puns like the GM meetings in Detroit. No, let me. Uh, what, are you outdoors right now? I am. There's a water fountain behind me. It's, it's a lovely. It's, a uh, it's very Moorish. It's a very Moorish kind of architecture in this. Uh, at this resort, I just posted a picture on Twitter. So and these, these um, well, and and the deals we were talking about, potential deals we were talking about, they don't have to be made. Now they they they, they, they can set up deals here, right? Yes, I mean I, I, this this usually the way it usually works here is they come and they sit around for two days in preparation for the GM meetings when they have to sit around for four days. I mean for the winter meetings when they have to sit around for four days. And and the Rangers haven't traditionally made deals at the winter meetings. They've they've made them, have laid the groundwork and they have put some things in place. But traditionally John Daniels doesn't like to get caught up in the, in the, um, the compressed time frame of the winter meetings. He likes to be able to come home, sit on the deal, think about it a little bit and then act. And, and so I'll, I'll be surprised if, if they do anything here, with the one possibility being trading Holland in a uh, in a salary dump deal, because they've got until the end of Monday to make a decision on whether they pick up that option or don't. Do you think John Daniels is feeling any pressure? I I think he, of course he feels pressure. I you know he's been here a decade. He he wants to win. He's been very close. I think he's 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 competitive and. And I think he, he feels like this is a team. He's put together a team that he feels is capable of winning the World Series. And the, uh, to this point, they haven't they haven't gotten there. They came close. They have. They they came close. Evan, any and here's what I when I'm out on an interview, I always ask: Is there any question we should have asked you that we didn't? No, Barry. I don't think there is. Um, there are some questions that you did ask me that you shouldn't have. Oh, um, Evan. You know, we've had such a pleasant day here in, in pod headquarters. Uh, we had Barry Switzer on. It was very pleasant. We had John Matt Machoda on. It was very pleasant. Let, let's end this on a pleasant note, okay? All right. Let's end this on a pleasant note then, Barry. All right. So let's it's, end- been a, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And Kevin. And, and, and it's Kevin. been great. And could we expect you back here at Pod Central next week? I will be there. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. This was our Ranger Ballsy podcast for the week. And, Evan, it's your podcast. Thanks for letting us live in it. Uh, you're always welcome to join me on my podcast, Barry. <laughs> Thank you, Evan. Goodbye. All right, Tommy, time to go. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.